Sorry if your coffee's leaking. I I tried to make sure that the lid was on before I pulled out of the parking lot. <laughs> mm, it's not that. It's I always notice with these Tim Hortons cups that the uh, where the paper overlaps is there's, uh, there's is a, a notable weak point. Ah. Uh, the design is flawed is yes and so if the lid doesn't exactly line up just perfectly mm. yeah and the cup is too full then you get a little bit of drippage mm. i'll take care of that shortly yes coffee well, never lasts a, a lack of coffee in the cup will solve that problem indeed just deplete the uh, liquid level mm. now we're gonna put it we'll have to go there <laughs> well that's the joy of of uh podcasting in a fort it's, yes uh, there are a lot of places to put coffees yeah well the way my kids build for it yes <laughs> i uh <sighs> ah well it's fun to be in a fort every yeah, now and again well that's right yeah. regress to our childhood Welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. We've got two of us this week. There are two of us, yes. yes. <laughs> as is the math, how, as yeah. is how the math goes. Yes, indeed. Two There's one of you and one of me. Yes. So the sassy one over there, yeah. that's uh, Scouter Colin. Hello. <laughs> and I am still Scouter Ken. <laughs> And last time you checked, last time I checked, and according to you your know, your driver's license and uh, other government and issued ID, L one B, and you know the verified.me app, all seem to conclude that I am who I am. So, anyways, sorry, I'll, uh, I'll be quiet now. The passports on the brain. Um, we just uh, we're. I think I'm. I mentioned this on the podcast. We're going to Legoland. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Hooray. Um, that, that'll be the summer vacation. I, th- I think you may have told me that yeah, in passing, okay. but I don't think you shared that with the. Okay. Yeah. And no, we're going to Legoland. Yeah. Nice. And, and possibly like a day trip up to Disneyland. Because Anaheim's only like an hour from yeah. Carlsbad. Yeah. No. The, the whole idea of a day trip to Disneyland still strikes me as being foolhardy. Well, there's a lot. Yeah. I'm not. It's like, it's like enough to get in like the park gate, maybe hit a ride or two. Although my kids well, aren't much for rides. They're kind of more like the sightseeing. I mean, yeah. realistically, if they meet a handful of princesses, they'll probably be fine. Yeah. Do the standard thing, you yeah. know, a couple of rides, meet and greets with the, uh, the characters and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're good. Exactly. But it's funny, actually, the trip is significantly paid for already and we haven't gone yet. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff is a lot. A lot of stuff was like you know we could get a better rate if we book in advance, right? Yeah. So like the hotel, if you pay up front, you get a better rate on the room. Yeah. The rental yeah. vehicle, you pay up front, you get a better rate on the room. Plane yeah. tickets are already bought and paid for. Yep. No, so, that's great. You know, we probably put about seventy percent of the trip expenses. They're already paid. Yes. So, well, there are many people that prescribe to the other the the alternate uh, way of vacationing, where it's like meh. Yeah. We'll pay for that later. Yeah, racking. Yeah. <laughs> try not to do that. I yeah. try not to. Doesn't always work, but I try. No, no, you can't. You can't foresee everything. So yes. Anyways, this is going to be. <laughs> this is not a financial planning podcast. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, well, although, um, this is either going to be episode seventy nine or eighty, and uh, it's entirely going to depend on. So earlier today, hmm. I actually had a chat with um, with Aiden Chopra 
who is one of the co-founders of Bitsbox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just on a whim, I reached out and uh, Aiden is himself. He's actually Canadian. He's from Montreal. Mm-hmm. And so he had been, he'd been involved with the scouting movement for, uh, he, he went as high as Vince. Oh, nice. Yep. And then he actually kind of transitioned into being a leader for his group cool. for a few years. So, you know, I mean, he, he, and obviously having been one of the people behind Bitsbox mm-hmm. is kind of big on the whole kids STEM thing. Yeah. And he so get, he gets it. Yeah. And he's known a little bit about like, you know, some of the stuff we've been doing with, with Bitsbox in our group and, you know, yeah. other scout groups that have used it as well. And so he, like, he was very keen to, to mm. just sit down and have a chat about nice. Bitsbox and teaching kids to code and why, like the merits of it. And so that was earlier today. Ah. Um, and then of course now we're sitting down and recording the first time in a month or so. It's been quite Who, a gap. Who's Who's yeah, he was counting, really. <laughs> I think I've gotten over the whole I must publish every two weeks thing. Yeah, well, that's hard to let go sometimes, but... It can be. So this is either going to be episode 79 or 80, depending on whether I put his interview first or this one first. Mm. And the reason that I'm waffling is because there's... So it is currently registration... Registration early has registration. opened. Early registration is open for Scouts Canada, so returning yes. members are able to, um, in theory, re-enroll their kids. <laughs> in theory, when my Scouts isn't getting crashed to like Ticketmaster <laughs> on a hot concert, you know, sales yeah. day, oh, or Endgame, or yes, <laughs> yeah. or Endgame. You know, the Cineplex site went down hard, and the Landmark site I think followed. <laughs> so, <laughs> although I don't know about Landmark, I know Cineplex mm. was having troubles. Oh yeah, um, but yes. So early registration, early registration is currently underway. Hmm. And I mean, obviously then everyone's frantically logging onto my scouts to. Yeah. And I mean like that's, that's good, right? Like, you know, that's, um, it's, it's, I've gotten a few, uh, notifications already that, Mm -hmm. you know, we are, uh, some of your we're we're getting registration coming in. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And yeah, I mean it's it's good. But the thing is, um you know, one of the uh we talked previously, actually hang on, let me just check the notes here just to make sure that I don't have any because I think if I remember the notes correctly, we had something that I wanted to throw out front. Hmm. Right. So there was one thing that I wanted to put out front. Hmm. Um which is a correction. Yes. Correction. Long overdue correction. Okay. So when we talked previously about the policy changes, and in particular those pertaining to knives, um, it turns out that just before I hit publish on that episode, Uh, almost to the day, um, there was a revision to the knife policy. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) Uh, Notably, the restriction against fixed blade was removed. Oh, Okay. And max blade length was increased from 8.5 to 10 centimeters. Interesting. Yes. So Mora knives are back on the list. A-OK. <laughs> Hooray. Yay. I'm compliant again. <laughs> Everyone run out and get a Mora knife. <laughs> well, dude, they're good knives. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So there were some, some revisions to the Scouts Canada knife policy. And this seems to be happening on a fairly constant basis. I'm almost to the point where I want to... Because it's not just been like the knife policy. I mean, I'm glad to see that mm-hmm. particular bit changed. Um, but there's been other stuff. Like I'm on the planning committee for Danbury. Right. 
although I'm not a very particularly active member, but I still get like the Facebook chatter. Yeah. And there's been a lot of frustration over things like, you know, the policy concerning, well, can beavers use Nerf guns or things like that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, just all kinds of, st- or all kinds of stuff has been like just changing very rapidly. And I'm almost to the point where I just want to like, um, I use a service actually for work that monitors web pages. Hmm. Because, you know, like the tools I use at work, they bundle in all of these different utilities, mm-hmm. some of which are, you know, just like developed externally by third parties. And it's a little bit of a chore to try and remember to, okay, now I got to go check this utilities website and this utilities website and this utilities website. Um, plus it's, you know, the 21st century and that sort of archaic approach to keeping updated about things happening on the internet Mm -hmm. is well archaic because there's services now um, where you can basically, they like, you know, there's a web service that will watch the site for you and report when changes are made and what those changes are. Oh, wow. So I just set this up, right? And then every Monday morning I get a little digest. Mm -hmm. It's just like, we observed the following changes. And usually it's just like, Microsoft updating yeah. their style sheets. <laughs> yeah. Right? Occasionally yeah. though, it's like, oh, that utility just released a new build. I should make sure that gets incorporated into our tools. Mm-hmm. Helps me keep the tools modernized. Yeah. Um, without having to constantly just like remember all of the tools that I'm using and click through the websites. So I'm really tempted to do this for the bylaw policies mm-hmm. page because man, mm-hmm. they are just making, and unfortunately the change tracking that they do is not particularly great. You know, you get yeah. like a last updated date, but it doesn't, there's no comprehensive listing of like what said those, this, now it, it says, says this. this. Yeah. Uh, so. Like some document tracking, um, at least from a technical writing perspective, that's what they do, right? Like they, yeah, just, all the time. So. Track changes is yeah really ubiquitous. So anyways, um, but they did change the knife policy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our concerns were promptly invalidated thereby. So disregard everything we said. More or less. <laughs> the rants yeah. that we went on. The thing that we said in the last episode <laughs> yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. now the January episode's correct again. More yeah. or less. So, <laughs> so disregard. Uh, go back to January's episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's out of the way. So the reason that I'm waffling as to whether... I want this episode to come before the Bitsbox interview is because right now we're doing early registration. And then of course, you know, regular registration is going to kick in. Mm -hmm. And the subject of fundraising has always Mm. been, you know, well, not, not fundraising in and of itself. Right. I mean, every group fundraises, we do the popcorn and some groups do other Mm. stuff, whether that's scout trees, apple day, bottle drives. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Every group fundraises, but not every youth, or rather the fat, not the, the families of not all the youth, not, not all the families of all the youth in the group help out with that. Right. And there's this struggle that a lot of groups have. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we either encourage, like, how do we go about encouraging more people to volunteer their time to help us? fundraise yeah. uh, i mean we we have this conversation at every i mean you were group commissioner you yep. probably had this conversation oh very much so dozens yeah. of times yeah we continue to have them now at group committee meetings yeah and <clears throat> there's been different approaches obviously um some groups have talked about you know um uh 
collecting a check in advance, right? Like yep. a post-dated yep. check. It's like, and then uh, cashing it if they don't help. Um, I know like for the girls, Taekwondo, mm-hmm. back when they were taking Taekwondo, they kind of, they, they gave you a choice. Just like, look, you, you're expected to come and help out mm-hmm. or, you know, just pay us an extra hundred bucks now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some people take, take to that, right? It's just like, yeah, well, yeah, here, take my money. I don't, you yeah. know, I don't want to donate my time at well, all. That was, that was what we did because, you know, by the time that we got around to Taekwondo on top of everything else, right? it was kind of a case of where, well, um, there's only so many hours in the day there are and literally only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I genuinely, you know, struggle sometimes to, um, just to find time to, it's like, okay, you know, between like the scouts and everything else we're already doing, I'm sorry. I just yeah. I have no hours left to contribute to you. So yeah. sure. Hit me with the, the feet. Yeah. Um, but, um, what I tripped over on Facebook the other day was a, uh, a question about basically it, it kind of pertains to this, but it's more in the context of, um, because so when you go to myscouts.ca mm-hmm. and this is going to be a fairly Canada centric episode. So, you know, just if you're listening from abroad, just know that in advance, although, other scouting organizations may have similar mechanisms in place. Right. I'm not sure. I've never had to register my kids in, say, the Irish Scouting Association. What? I know, right? (laughs) Um, But anyways, within Scouts Canada, we do have the ability. So obviously, you go to myscouts.ca right now, and you go to register your kid. Yep. Um, Right now, it's the advanced registration, returning members only, but it's $200 fee, okay, per kid. And that's the national fee. That's the national fee. So the groups don't see any of that. Right. But groups do have the ability to put a surcharge in place on Mm myscouts.ca. Okay. Now our group doesn't do that, but uh, I tripped over a discussion about exactly this. Groups that do. Basically the question was posed and, you know, just very directly in the Scouts Canada discussion group. What does your group charge on top of the registration fee? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this kind of, and like I say, this sort of pertains to fundraising because like going back to the example of the Taekwondo group, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, obviously like they need to fundraise. Yep. Um, and you know, one of the ways they do that is by putting that surcharge in place for, you know, those who, yeah, are just like, I, I can't come out like yeah. either too busy or I can't be bothered, whatever yep. it is. Um, and so it was interesting to me to see this discussion come about. And this is one of two discussions that I want to try and wander through um, and just kind of look at some of the different responses that the groups put in. So like, for example, um, you know, one group charges about 50 bucks in addition to, you know, the base fee. Okay. And that mostly is to cover their facility rental fees. Okay. Well, all right. Sure. Um, you know, another, another person chimed in and said, well, we don't charge anything up front. Um, we do have, you know, dollar a week dues and then camp fees, 20 to 30 bucks, yeah. you know, on average. Yeah. Um, and another, you know, another person replied to that basically saying, okay, so this year we looked at 
you know, what we were collecting in dues. And we figured that we were about 20 bucks per person short, you know, based on what our projected, mm-hmm. um, projected income from dues collection should have been. We were about 20 bucks per person short. So we put that fee out in front this year. Okay. Uh, another group said that they add 35 per youth, which covers an annual group camp, Christmas party, BP day campfire, uh, a year end party, and then also awards for the youth and a thank you for scouters and parents. Mm-hmm. And there's also, you know, dollar a week dues for the beavers for crafting materials, but Cubs and Vents don't have anything extra. Mm. Um, other values, 40 bucks, 15 bucks, 10 bucks. A lot of groups coming in with zero. Yeah. Um, now is that that's through the my scout side of things that's right nice. so this is basically the so the, would, that different groups are putting in place some of the groups though that would put in zero might actually be charging uh, a fee external to that like external to my scouts or is that well possibly and we'll discuss that in a bit but there's a couple mm. of more interesting answers sure. that came along a little bit later in the discussion one which in particular i want to point out because i actually really like this although i don't think it would work for our group mm. and i'll explain why in a minute nothing on no addition like no surcharge on registration until popcorn is over and the first bottle drive has happened mm. after that we add a hundred dollars to cover fundraising shortfall from those youth registering afterwards Hmm. Now, I actually really like that idea, right? Because like, if you think about how we do fundraising in Scouts, we start in, let's say, mid-September, because that's usually when a lot of groups ramp up. Yeah. About that mid-September yep. mark. Yeah. And popcorn starts almost right away. Yeah. And then popcorn wraps up yeah, end of October-ish. Um, and a lot of groups will usually in that same window, because of course you got to get in before the snow really starts to fly, which mm-hmm. basically means before the end of October, sometimes before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of groups will, you know, if they're going to do something like a bottle drive fundraiser, sort of their own fundraising initiative within their community, yeah. they're going to target that again, late September, early October window as well. So it kind like I can see the reasoning here, right? Because, you know, we're really in scouting in Canada front loaded on fundraising. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it, the big stuff, the, I mean, the popcorn is the big stuff. And then, you know, if you're going to do something like a bottle drive, it's front loaded. Like it's within your first month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. And if you're still onboarding people after that, then yeah, they have missed, you know, in some cases, half to two thirds of the fundraising you do in a year, mm-hmm. maybe. Right. Yep. So I, I like the reasoning here, you know, putting that surcharge in place after that point to make up, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, to cover that difference. The reason it wouldn't work for our group is that usually by the time the first bottle drive is over, we've already been full for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you're not typically onboarding yeah. after that. Yeah. If unless I, if I unless on- there's a special circumstance right. or whatever. You know, right? If I onboard people in October, it's a special case and usually <clears> someone has <throat> dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do like that idea because, you know, like it's sort of... It, it's flexibility. Well, it is an incentive to register early. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, also if the group has capacity still to, to bring people in later in the year, it does sort of, you know, it's an interesting way of covering that. And I, I really liked that one. And I wanted to call it out in particular. Um, but again, like I say, that wouldn't necessarily work for our group. What is interesting to me about a lot of this discussion is that it... You know, it's trying to solve the problem of 
people not volunteering without mm. resorting to hostage checks, right? Like that's yeah. what our group, that's, I, that's what the previous group commissioner to the one we have now always used to call them was the hostage check, which it, it kind of is, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's, and like, to be fair, you know, some other suggestions that have been floated in, in the group committee discussions that I've been part of mm-hmm. are things like, you know, well, you know, why don't we collect a check and then reimburse once they show up for a volunteer thing. But of course that is a huge overhead for the treasurer. That's a huge amount of yeah. additional work for the treasurer. Yeah. Right? There's some, there's some administrative costs involved with that. And well, there's administrative costs. Well, oh. And then also just, you know, you're really putting a lot of burden on your treasurer to then collect. Well, I say administrative yeah. costs. I mean like in, in time. <laughs> yes. To collect, you know, um, <laughs> to keep track and to collect and to write and to, you know, make sure everything gets issued out properly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yep. to, to say nothing of the fact that, you know, to, to take that approach, you, you really have to be able to, uh, to, to make sure you're good for it at the end of the year, mm-hmm. which, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for groups that are on a shoestring budget, um, maybe won't always be the case. Right. Uh, this actually builds on another discussion that came up earlier. Uh, I saw this one emerge in March, uh, again, on the Scouts Canada discussion group on Facebook, um, which was kind of, you know, it, it was the same basic question, like what do groups charge in their fees? And the person who posted the question, you know, actually gave some context. She said, you know, like we give our new members an activity shirt. Um, they charge dues and do fundraising. Um and yeah, I mean, a lot of the same kind of answers. Um, Eric from the Medvents replied to this one. And like the Medvents are kind of a special case because, you know, like their uniforms are very custom. Yeah. I they was have a lot say, of custom gear. Yeah. There's some things that yeah. they require that other groups, other normal groups would not have. Yes. So like their uniforms are like 160 odd bucks. Um, various bits of kit will cost about 35 bucks. And then there's also like annual dues of $75 for covering like first aid training costs and facility yeah, costs and yeah. things like that. All that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just reading through all of this got me thinking too about, you know, the, the group that we discussed some months back, right? The one that was really having the, the financial hard times. And... Not that this is like, you know, intended as, you know, a direct proposal to it, but I guess it's more just, I I, I get, you know, because it's the registration season, I I just wanted to, you know, sort of poke around with this issue a little bit to really, or to to, to poke around with this idea of, you know, the group putting a surcharge in place um, as a means of, you know, yeah, giving itself um, a little bit more funding to work within a year. I mean, there's... There is unfortunately, there's a hard limit to the number of volunteers that you're going to get out. I think, you know, like there's, there's some parents who just, they can't be encouraged to do anything. I mean, I've even had problems, you know, uh, <laughs> there, there's three or four parents in the group who have on different occasions approached me about like, um, oh, can, you know, so-and-so accompany my kid to camp? And they're just like, well, yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, understand that, you know, like 
it's not required for an adult guardian to accompany your cub age child to camp. Mm-hmm. And if they're there, you know, my expectation is going to be that they're going to chip in and help out if I need them to. Yeah. Um, and that's been a good way to send three or four people packing and not bother to come on trips. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> um, and we've had issues in the past, you know, where, you know, a parent shows up and then just rides their phone for the whole weekend. And it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Um, so, but you know, like when it comes to, and we really noticed this at the last bottle drive, you know, it's like we all come out and we all have a good time, you know, bottle drives are fun in their way, but, uh, Hey, did I not see you at the last bottle drive? Yeah. We're all, it's the same cast, you know, it's the same yeah. cast of characters every time. Yeah. You know, plus one, minus one here and there just based on schedules. Yeah. But it kind of just, there's the people who will always come out. Um, there's the people who will usually come out, but occasionally scheduling conflicts come up. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's also the people who basically will never come out. That's right. And it's, the, the, the real debate that we have constantly had is, and I'm sure you were party to the same debate too, is like, you know, on the, like on the one hand, I, for something like a bottle drive, Mm-hmm. You know, you have a particular area you're going to canvas mm-hmm. and you're going to canvas that area regardless. Mm-hmm. So the number of volunteers basically determines how long that's going to take you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you and I have been privy to some pretty late Yeah, we've worked uh, some pretty late, late bottle drives, drives before. Yeah. We've also worked some bottle drives where we finish at like, you know. Noon, one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Before lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, the hot dogs are, well... They're mostly done. Yeah, they're yeah, kind of, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you wait five minutes, they might be done. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you finish the routes before the hot dogs are done. Okay, that happened. Um, yeah, like, and it, but something like popcorn sales, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's more of a case where, you know, your total really does go up the more people you have engaged in it, right? Yeah. Uh, and so if you have a people who are completely disengaged from, from doing the popcorn sales, yeah. it's not quite the same as an actual financial loss, but like, there's definitely not like, you know, you're not realizing the full potential of the fundraising you could be doing. Yeah. So, you know, like there is that real struggle, you know, how do groups, um, but then, you know, also like, you know, you'll recall from the episode that where we had the group writing in about their financial struggles, mm-hmm. um, popcorn sales don't necessarily travel. And I've heard this from other groups too, in other parts of the country, popcorn sales don't necessarily travel for some groups, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly, certainly in an area like this, you know, yeah, it's all middle-class families, you know, yep. <laughs> yep. everybody, I mean, the traffic out of here in the morning is pretty intense because everybody gets up, goes to their job. Mm-hmm. Traffic in the afternoon is pretty intense. Everybody's coming home. Mm-hmm. It's Deadsville the rest of the day, right? Like this is, we're a bedroom community. We totally admit that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all middle-class families around here. So, I mean, like popcorn sales in this area, not a big deal, right? And there's guide troops. There's always yeah. kids coming to the door to yeah. like sell cookies or whatever. Or yeah. Schools are selling nuts. Yeah. Whatever. You know, the chocolate covered almonds. Yeah. The, the almond sales. Um, but, you know, that might work around here. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily work, no. you know, in the group that we were specifically addressing in the fundraising episode, you know, yeah. obviously didn't work for them. I've, you know, had contacts with another group in Ontario, same struggle. 
Yeah. Um, lower, you know, lower income, less affluent areas. Yeah, sure. Like the popcorn sales aren't going to travel, especially no. because, you know, yeah, the popcorn is for what you get kind of expensive. Yeah. And, you know, even framing it in the context of, well, you know, oh, like yeah. really it's a donation to Scouts Canada and yeah. we give you this as a thank you. Yeah. Even framing it in that context, which is a good way to put it, doesn't change the fact that, you know what, somebody You're, might just not have 20 bucks to spare. That's right. 20 bucks is, uh, it's a big deal. It can be, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, it's, it's, and I mean like, you know, <laughs> equally that makes it difficult for, you know, a group to recoup, to, to try and put, you know, an additional $20 surcharge on their membership. Now yeah. they're cutting into their membership. That's right. Then again, too, I mean, there are things like um, Jumpstart and, and Nalb yeah. that will help offset that for for families that need it but like this is a this has been and continues to be just like a really ridiculously complicated question is how do you motivate more parents to volunteer without just saying okay we have your money and you can have it back if you help us yeah (laughs) yeah because you know yes you can take that approach the hostage check the sort of damocles whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. But it's not the nicest way to do it. And there's just something about it that from a scouting principles um, point of view Mm -hmm. rubs me the wrong way. So now that said, I'm not sure what else works to encourage. Well, and and this is just it is because if there's nothing there, if there's no carrot, you know, there's a lot of people will, will abandon that, that you know the the wanting to come and help yeah like if you're basing it on scouting principles you would go out and volunteer because that's the thing you have to do right to to yes. contribute and all that to, kind of to stuff do a you good would, turn and all yeah. of that good stuff but i in in this case you know if you don't have a carrot a lot of people will just be like mm, no yeah. well stick <laughs> i I I have other things I'd rather be doing. Don't we all, you know? Yeah. Like, like one thought, one thought I've had is because I mean like, and we've tried, we tried this year to be more upfront with the parents mm-hmm. to, to make them understand what the fundraising enables. Right. Yes. Um, that always helps. You know, it's like the, the actual cost that we incur to, you know, take a cub to camp could be 90 to 100 bucks per youth, right? Mm-hmm. Once you factor in transportation, once you factor in food, once you factor in camp fees, all of that stuff adds up. Mm-hmm. And maybe the cost could be, yeah, in that 80 to 100 bucks per kid range, right? Mm-hmm. And we are asking you for 25. Mm-hmm. So the rest of that is being covered by the group out of the funds that we raise, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's, I mean, we're fortunate we have the casino funds, although we're limited in how we can use those. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it does come back to, you know, while well, we do popcorn, while well, we do the bottle drives and <clears throat> the revenue we realize from that helps us to offset those camp fees. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just a case of where, you know, we do our popcorn sales, we do our bottle drives mm-hmm. and we just take note of who shows up for those. And, uh, they're the ones who get the discount. Well, um, yeah. <clears throat> but then, then again, that's, that's another, uh, uh another administrative task for for tracking purposes right like it, it is eh. all and i mean that to be fair this is something that at least as i understand it like scouts tracker doesn't collect money mm-hmm. but you know we can still 
um, Scouts Tracker does allow us to at least indicate fees, hmm. right? Okay. So, you know, we can, as far as I understand it, within something like Scouts Tracker, and, you know, listeners take note, I'm actually somewhat praising the Scouts Tracker tech here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can at least put something in front of people where, you know, like they see what their camp fees are, right? Right. And if we do like, you know, an initial camp and they're paying 30 bucks, and then all of a sudden the next camp they're paying 90 bucks, <laughs> you know, like people will notice that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, that may mean that some youth don't show up at camp mm-hmm. uh, at least for a while. Yep. But you know, I don't know, maybe it'll also mean that, you know, people will actually you know, be just like, Oh, okay. I, right. That's mm-hmm. a thing that happens. I don't know. It's, it's an idea that's been tossed around. We didn't implement it this year, but we did try and be more upfront about like, you know, exactly what the costs are and you know, what fraction of those costs mm-hmm. we're passing along to the parents versus what the group is absorbing. Yeah. And I mean, again, like I say that from a position of a group with significant means, yeah, which is not what every scout is not every group out there, but you know, that just goes to, I, I, in a way that's an argument for, you know, those groups with lesser means to be, you know, just as transparent, be just like, you know what, Mm -hmm. here's what we'd like to do and here's what the costs are. Mm -hmm. And if we have more effort in fundraising, you know, we can help offset those costs. Yes. Um, but if we don't, then we can't, right? And maybe that makes the difference in terms of the number of youth that are able to go to a thing. Um, but, you know, like, there's... And some people are going to be unmoved anyways, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, that's the... Like, the the whole topic is really... There's really quite a... T- like, there's a lot of... A lot of factors that uh, affect it, right? Like... Mm-hmm. You know, you have the people's people's desire to to help and being probably one of the the major ones, and then like you know, the financial, you know, just just in general, like, do people have the money to to give, or is it you know, for from a fundraising perspective, like what we were talking about with popcorn there. I mean, you know, in a lot of cases that, that can, that can present its own challenges. So, right. Like, and, and yeah. I mean, like that's, again, popcorn, popcorn uh, is certainly a challenge, but yeah. you know, like if you can, you know, if, if a group has not previously contemplated doing a bottle drive, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they can rouse enough volunteers to do one. Right? Yeah. I, it's, you're, you're right that it's a very complicated problem and, and like, I, for at least for the parents who basically view it as a, a evening babysitting service that makes their kids dress up a little bit funny, mm-hmm. um, there's you know that that's not a nut that you can crack. Yeah, but you know equally like I think there are. I'd like to hope at least that you know there are people who real who are out there and realize you know like they they see the scouting movement as you know something that mm-hmm. is of positive benefit for their kids. Yeah. And for their communities. And, you know, if they can just better understand the <laughs> the actual complexity of the logistics of running a group and having the kids do more than just another craft this week. Yeah. Then. Or floor hockey. Yeah, or floor hockey or whatever. Um, then, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe they can be roused to action. Mm. It's, I mean... It's, 
it's hard because yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's hard. And like, I, <sighs> well, we had, we, we've had discussions about volunteerism before, like mm-hmm. in general, right? Like you, you want to develop your leadership team and retention and all that kind of stuff. But this isn't just about your leadership team. This is no, about your parents too. But yeah, this is, this is part and parcel of that, that discussion yeah. as well, well, right? Because you, you are asking for the parents who aren't actively involved to be involved. Yes. And I mean, God knows it's hard enough to build up a core of volunteers to actually put on the red shirts, right? Right. Like building a scouter team is hard enough already. Yeah. Now you also have to build a team of parents around that who <clears throat> maybe they can't show up every week in a red shirt, but, you know, can you show up uh, with a truck on, yeah. <laughs> you know, one particular week You have a October? truck, don't you? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, you, there's a there's a point there though because like one of the things we talk about with volunteer retention mm-hmm. right is you know we really need like what what has worked so well for volunteer retention in our group is that you know um, it hasn't just been you know these aren't just the people I see for an hour a week right? yeah yeah and I mean yeah. we had that illustrated very starkly last month two yeah. months ago now two yeah. months ago in March. When, you know, like the one scouter's wife passed away suddenly. Yes. Um, and how we just all rallied around him. You yes. Know? And suddenly it wasn't just about, you know, oh yeah, well, we all see each other on Wednesday nights. It's, no, it's holy crap. Like, yeah. He there, needs us right now. Yeah. Let's there's a friendship right and, now. Yeah. And, you know, like that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, or like even, you know, like one of my, another of my scouters, it was his 40th birthday just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, with roughly a dozen of us of his fellow red shirts just mm-hmm. showed up and turned out and had a good time. And I mean, yeah. he also had lots of friends in the community, so it was kind of an interesting mixer. Yeah. But you know, we were there. Nice. Um, and you just you do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 been invaluable for retaining people, just building up that you know. And even like you know, we've had a few people whose kids have left the movement, but who have you know messaged us and been just like. Yeah, if you need me to come out, I can come out for for an evening. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like, you know, we have one guy; his kid's not in Cubs this year, mm-hmm. but um, he's you know a wall like he's certified for the wall mm-hmm. climbing. Yep. Um, and anytime we're headed to the adventure center, he's just like, "Yep, yeah, I can be there." Yeah. You know, there's no reason for him to come back, but he does. Yeah. Um, because you know, like we just that's been really successful for mm. for building up our volunteer base and retaining the volunteer bases, you know, it really becomes family yeah. of a sort. Yeah. And I think there's something there too for, you know, like that might be a way to, you know, encourage the parents to show up a little bit more too, is just mm-hmm. bringing them into that, you know, I mean, again, there's always going to be the parents who are just like, yep, here's my kid, watch him for an hour while I go do a thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have, and again, fortunate within the group we have this collection of parents that are kind of they're in orbit of the Mm -hmm. volunteers Mm -hmm. and maybe they can't show up every week maybe they can't put on a red shirt all the time but or or at all you know but um no they're still and they're still in their own they're still part of the family yeah yeah Um, we and it's it's come to camp and cook or whatever or just you know just hang out for a bit like you Mm. know just if you can build that, if you can really start to build that and encourage it, it's, I think a lot of it comes down to 
the sense of community. Mm. And gosh, that's been a real struggle for us here actually is, you know, um, it's a nice enough community, good mm-hmm. school at the end of the block, mm-hmm. but everybody on the block kind of just lives their own lives, you know? Like, keep to themselves. Or, yeah, more or less. Like we know there's yeah. kids in different houses around here, but do we really yeah. talk to them? Not so much. Yeah. Um, and the city, you know, kind of recognizes this as a problem because they've put different programs in place to, you know, try and encourage, you know, community building. Yeah. Heck, you can even effectively rent the street. You know, like the city will come and block off the street for an evening during the summer months for you oh. to throw a block party. Wow. Uh, and they'll give you like some of the stuff you need to throw a block party. Oh. But does that happen very often? Uh, I know it has happened in a few places, not around here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like the, the fact that the city has that program in place is cool, but also kind of speaks to the fact that, well, we're not really doing much to build community. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and like my wife and I were having this conversation last month and it got to the point that by the end of the conversation, we were looking at like realtor listings for the Greenfield area. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, you know, we have more of a sense of community with the people in Greenfield yeah. via the scout group than we do people who live two houses down from us. You know? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty good friends with the next door neighbor. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, people north of us, you know, we're on friendly terms with. Yeah. But, you know, anybody else around here? It's like, I don't yeah. know. I know who they are. Um, and it's hard to, to, it's harder to build those bridges than yes. it is to build bridges with, you know, people who literally live like on the other side of Edmonton from here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try, I try to chat with our neighbors in in our neighborhood like and i try to make it a habit if 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 it's somebody a couple of houses away you know kitty corner at least going and conversing with them for a little bit you know i get typically i get a raised eyebrow because you know who who in their right mind comes and yeah (laughs) and just spontaneously starts uh having a conversation with you Mm -hmm. you know like honestly unless there's a some sort of sinister motive behind it it's like you know no, I just want to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about me. So if you see me around, you know who I am, right? Yeah. Like it's, so we can wave and say hello to each other. Exactly. In the, uh, you know, it's like, I think after, after my, <laughs> after my neighbor to the South, yeah. and we're, we're, you know, like we've become pretty good friends with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but after them, I think the person I'm probably closest to on this street is like at the corner of uh, the second intersection down. Yeah. Because the wife is the sister of the wife of Grace's cousin, oh. my wife's cousin. So there's so, a, 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 a familial. Yeah, oh. sort of a bit of a familial link there. And yeah. it's kind of just like, oh, hey, hi. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently we live close to each other. Yeah. They just moved in. So it's ah. kind of a, but you know, like I ran into them the other day and it's just like, hi. And I'm just like, I know you. And I'm just like, that's right. And here's how. Because <laughs> yeah. we were just at Easter dinner and this subject came up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just. So I, and maybe that is, maybe that is part of the key too, is, you know, building up that sense of community, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, on the one hand, and it's a weird dynamic because like on the one hand, we do want scouting to be about, um, kids developing a sense of independence. So, you know, we don't necessarily want to see the parents stay for the meeting, but at the same time you kind of want that atmosphere where the parents can stay and chat, you know, just like hang out for a bit. And 
you know, you, you simultaneously well, want it to be an environment where the kids can grow in their independence, but it's also if, a little bit of a hub. If you think about it, like, uh, you know, uh, a sports team too, right? Like there's always the parents that drop the kid off and take off. But, but even still, it's like the, the tournaments and that kind of stuff that a kid could potentially go on is where a lot of the bonding of parents happen too. Like you, you'll, you know, you, you get to know the other parents of, uh, of a kid on your, your hockey team or your soccer yep. team and, or the ball team, whatever, you know, and because you're spending, you know, large amounts of time together mm-hmm. as a unit, you, you develop friendships and, and that kind of thing. So maybe that's, like like you said, that's what we need to instill in the... Well, and there's another point there, too, is like, you know, it's usually the case that, you know, even for like your, you know, I mean, ball tournaments, yes. Yeah. But, you know, like just even a weekly ball game, right? right? You'll you'll have a fair number of parents who stick around, maybe all of them right. or almost all of them. Maybe not the practices so much, but even still, some of the practices... Some of the practices. There's, there's always the few parents that sit up in the the stands or and have their coffee and read read the paper or whatever it is that they're whatever they're doing whatever they're doing and so like maybe maybe that's part of the solution is you know just finding a way to make the scout group be not just something you do for an hour or 90 minutes on a wednesday night every week but a bit of a hub for community mm-hmm. and you know actually yeah i mean you know not requiring parents to stay and you know certainly still trying to foster that sense of independence in the youth but at the same time making it a place where you know people can just come and hang out and mm-hmm. chit chat and mm-hmm. you know take part and help out if they want but mm-hmm. also just meet and greet if they want or yeah you know just yeah be be there in a in an environment with others rather than just being off doing their own thing yeah solo you know somewhere i don't know maybe that's part of it but i mean the, the, you need to have social mixers for parents <laughs> you know that you almost do because like have a parent section well like you what know, i you know, we've got rovers okay now now we need a parent section <laughs> well you know but like i follow all of these tech podcasts and cybersecurity podcasts and that's this constant mantra it's repeated over and over again it's like mm-hmm. yeah we have social media and in one sense we're more connected than ever mm-hmm. and in another sense we're more mm-hmm. isolated than ever yes you know um how how often do you actually call somebody to talk to them about something that you need from them mm-hmm. a lot of people will send a text message to be like hey this is you know i need this send or whatever right yeah. like it's it's that it's that kind of and I mean, like, to be fair, sometimes that is more convenient, yes. but it's also disconnecting in its own way, right? It's not, oh, yes. you know, there's, there's a lack of personalization to that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's. I work in a, in a business where I make phone calls and the people that I talk to on the phone are always happy to talk to somebody on the phone from the company because that's becoming less and less of a thing. Mm-hmm. You are, you are, you, you don't talk to the real person anymore. You, you get the, the email or the, the, the message from wherever via a messaging service or your, you know, 
to your phone or whatever, you know, there's no, there is no personal contact. You can't at like, you know, you can ask a question, but the, the art of, uh, conversing is, is changing, I guess, because you're, you're doing it through a messaging service. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, that, you know, um, gosh, I mean, <laughs> well, and yeah. And, and even then it's the kind of messaging service, right? Like, you know, right, I'm, right now, um, you know, like some of the, some of the stuff I'm involved in, all of the communication flows through email and mm-hmm. that's fine for what it's for. But, you know, like I much prefer the communication method that I have for the Beaver Scouters, right? We're still on Quip. Yeah. um, And we use the Quip chat pretty aggressively, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's different because on the one hand, it's like, I'll give you an example from last Tuesday, right? You know, one of my Scouters couldn't make the Tuesday meeting. um, And he sent a message after the fact, just like, so yeah, sorry, I missed you guys tonight. Uh, I'm currently at the hospital and my wife is, uh, about five hours into labor. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, can someone take my son to camp on Friday because I can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you could have sent that in an email just as mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. as dropping a message in the quip chat, but dropping it in the quip chat, everybody was kind of able to just jump in and be just mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, congratulations. And yeah, yeah. we'll get your son sorted out. Like yeah. we'll, we'll figure out a ride for him and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but like congratulations. And then, you know, following up a day or two later, it's just like, so name, wait, yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, I, and I mean like it's still less personal than, you know, actually being able to be with there. this person Yeah. being just like, Oh my gosh, like congratulations and shake yeah. their hand and whatever else. But at the same time, it's also, less impersonal than if he had emailed it. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, we're kind of all in this group conversation where we're able to just then all immediately jump in and yeah. kind of be a little bit more unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, email, email tends to work like be more formal. Yeah. More know, formal. Tend to treat way. it that way. Yeah. Um, so, and, and so I like that, you know, um, but I mean, like I, I totally get your point about the phone calls and like, even though my employer has largely gone to, um, Skype for business. Right. right? <clears throat> so when you call my office number, it just goes to wherever I have my laptop open and Skype is running. Yeah. But it's still, we do a lot with voice. We do, we do so much where we just sit down and talk. And I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> your line of work, my line of work directly involve interfacing with customers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just I'm there that they can call. It's I go to well, them and I sit and talk with them. <laughs> well, and that's just it is like, um, in a business sense, right? Um, it's all about the relationship you build with your, your, your client, your end user, whoever, yep. right? So, and it's the same thing in scouting. You're trying to build your relationship with, the people that use the program and yep. that's the the youth primarily primarily but it's it's also the parents of those youth yep. as well so so i don't know <laughs> i don't think we're going to solve the fundraising problem but uh. some hopefully and this was kind of this episode definitely is more meandering than some of the other ones but like mm. for for those groups out there who are you know you know sort of as a indirect follow up to the discussion about financial struggles you know mm-hmm. Some thoughts, some, some general thoughts, you know, like there are tools vis-a-vis the registration portal now yep. to <clears throat> allow the group to put its own fees at, in place if yeah, it wants to, a go, surcharge. to go that route or to do it at a particular point in time. Like I yeah. actually, I like that idea so much, you know, like. Again, That's an interesting way of doing it. I never would have 
gone there yeah necessarily but like i really like it and i think for some groups it can work really well yeah not ours ours fills up too fast um ours will probably be full by july Mm. but (laughs) whatever um i I do think in general that you know like that's i like that idea a lot yeah um so you know and maybe that's a route you can go um but if not you know like maybe it just comes down to starting to you know just try and build that community and build those relationships with parents, you know, and it's, I mean, for some, you're never going to shake them out of this idea. It's just like, well, I just dropped my kid off here for a week and then my wife and I go for a date. Yeah. Um, whatever, you know, fine. There's always going to be a certain portion that are just, you're not going to get through that shell. Yeah. But I do think, you know, especially in this day and age, and it's funny because this is a question that we pose constantly when we're interviewing new leaders, just Mm -hmm. like, you know, what do you think is a big problem facing youth today and how do you think scouting can help them? And most of the leaders I've talked to over the last <clears throat> six years that I've been doing interviews have come back with some variant about like, you know, the, the online, but the social isolation that attends it and the tech, mm-hmm. you know, the, the social, isola- the social isolation mm-hmm. that attends the increased prevalence of technology. You know, yes. that's a very complicated way of putting it, but or that's a lot of but, words, but it's basically what it all, like if I had to distill everything down yeah. to something, that's what it comes down to. It's just yeah. like, we have more tech, kids use more tech, but there's more social isolation that comes from that. And there's more isolation from the world around them that comes from that. And yeah. scouting can <clears throat> hopefully solve some slash all of that. Um, and, and I do think that, you know, scratch the surface a little bit and you'll probably find that a lot of the parents that you're seeing are looking for a human connection Yeah, that they're not, you know, maybe not even fully realizing that they need, but it's there. Right. Yeah. Um, gosh, like I was just reading, <laughs> it was an interesting thread that popped up on uh, Facebook where it was like, you know, <clears throat> um, there's a popular trend on, on Tumblr now to, you know, like write sci-fi from the perspective of aliens trying to understand humans. Mm. And, uh, but you know, like the discussion comes up, right? Like, I mean, if you think about, you know, human infants, right. Yeah. You know, they actually, they will fail to thrive. They can even die if they don't get hugged and caressed and cradled enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the need for connection is hardwired into us. Mm. And, we're not necessarily getting it. And so maybe finding ways to build those connections with the parents that are dropping kids off could be the gateway to your group having yeah. better fundraising. I don't know. Some some people find it hard to make new friends. <laughs> a lot of people find it hard to make new <laughs> right? friends. So, so throw them in a social situation like that. And maybe that's the reason why you don't get volunteers is because everybody just doesn't like you know, new social situations and being there's ar- that around, but, you people. know, but you never know. Right. You know, the, like, I mean, I think the nice thing about something like scouting is that it's a thing you're all doing in common. Yes. And there's a certain element of the icebreaker about that. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, I which, would, which is the reason why I think it worked would be very beneficial to do those, those kinds of things with yeah. parents and, like, I mean, I totally get to, I struggle to make friends. Hmm. And like, honestly, if I had met my wife, uh, if I had met the lady I'd married, like if, if she, if I'd noticed her like sitting across the restaurant from me or something, hmm. there's no way I'd have four kids now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We met in church. It's a thing that we had in common. Yes. And 
<clears throat> that made it a lot easier yes. to, you know, like it, it, it was something to break the ice. You know, yeah. we, we both sang in the sort of informal choir at our church and it's yeah. kind of just like, okay, well there's a, that's much more of an icebreaker than, yes. you know, just walking up and being just like, come here often. <laughs> How you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And, and, oh. and scouting is another one of those built in icebreakers, right? But yeah. you're all here for the same reason. Oh yeah. Right. And you know, like if nothing else, you have that. Yes. And you know, you can, and yeah, scouting, I mean, it's been my experience that, you know, the people who show up for scouting, they, they there's a certain, you know, there's, there's certain, again, you might've scratched the surface a little bit, but you'll mm-hmm. find certain commonalities in, in sort of mentality, right? Yeah. It's like, the, it's the, the, true. You know, you're, you're, you're going to get very particular sort of people coming out for scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least you're going to, you know, people who have, you know, they're not just there, you know, it's not just scouting qua scouting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're going to find there people who are like, they have in a lot of cases, you know, some particular appreciation for, you know, various pursuits that attend scouting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or that, you know, can be related to the, the, the scouting context as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you know, then again, too, there was this great video that I saw, my wife showed it to me on Facebook where it was, and it was like, I think it was in the, I think it was a Dutch, it was a group, it was a Dutch group that did it, mm-hmm. but like, it looked like a bunch of random strangers mm. in just standing around a room, milling around a room. And then the presenter who had put this group together, invited everybody in, started introducing them to each other, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, <clears throat> so, you know, when you were born, she was the nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when your husband had a heart attack, he was the one who performed CPR initially. When mm. you play games online, mm-hmm. this is the guy who goes by this handle. Oh, yeah. You know, you've been yeah. playing together, tight knit for four years. Yeah. Now you're meeting face to face. Just all that stuff. It's, you know, there. And the point is that the, the point they were driving towards is that you probably have a lot more in common with the people around you than you maybe necessarily realize, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And if scouting is an opportunity then to put people in a room and possibly even discover some of that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of power that can come out of that. Yeah. And again, building up that sense of connection community, maybe that's how you can encourage people to come out and volunteer more because what seems to make the volunteering work is not the fundraising, not the uh, donuts or the hot dogs. It's just, you know, these are people I like being around. Uh And, oh, I have an opportunity to be around them on Uh some Saturday morning. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Maybe that's the trick. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't hurt, though. Mm. Uh... Do I have any shout outs? I do actually. Hang on a minute. What? To yeah. the emails. Oh. Look at us go. Yes, indeed. So I have a, uh, so yes, one big shout out to Mark Yates. He, uh, he writes in to, uh, he, he sent us an email, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com and uh, says, hey, scouters, Ken and Colin. Mark Yates here, fellow scout leader in London, England. Ooh. Loving your podcast. 
As a fellow podcaster, blogger, and vlogger about scouts and camping, I just wanted to touch base with you and say how much I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. Many thanks, Mark hmm. Yates. And Mr. Yates, for himself, um, runs, I think the last time I looked, his podcast was no longer available. Hmm. But he still runs his, um, his blog and his vlog called oh, yeah. um, Big Man in the Woods. And you can find that at www.bigmaninthewoods, all one word, mm-hmm. .co.uk. Nice. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but anyways, yes, you can go there and you can find, he does a couple of things. So he still has his video, um, his video blog, vlogging. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the term, yeah. vlogs. Um, like I say, the podcast episodes, the ones I looked at seemed to be offline. Mm-hmm. Um, he was hosted through Spreaker and I don't know if he has to just re-enable something, yeah. but at any rate, Mark, if you're listening, mm-hmm. um, check that. Mm-hmm. But then of course he also has the blog and he has what he, he has a one particular feature that he asked me to actually complete was his campfire chat. Oh, okay. Where he, uh, it's just a list of text-based questions. Mm-hmm. So may forward them to you as well. Um, so, you know, we can both give him some answers. Sure. Um, but it's just, you know, like just a series of like text questions and then he just puts up little blog articles and just oh, yeah. like introducing this person and that mm-hmm. person and the other thing. So <clears throat> I'm game. So anyways, there you, uh, there you go. Shout out to Mark Yates. And of course, as always, a big thank you to our friends at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide audience. If you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now. Uh, let us know, reach out, and get in touch. We would love to hear from you. And I see that autocorrect in my show notes corrected that to scouting radiology. So let's mm. just reverse that. There we go. Mm. So if one was to ter- try and get a hold of us, how would one do that? Scouting ah, Canada? well. So as I already mentioned, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email anytime, and uh, I'll happily respond. Um, you can also leave us a voice message. Uh, go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com, pop out the sidebar, and there will be a link there. Um, there's also a link on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. Either way, just a little mm. browser embed. You can leave us up to 60 seconds of audio um, right from wherever you are. Huh. Although if you're on a phone, I think you need the SpeakPipe app. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Facebook.com is uh, also, of course, has direct messages. Uh-huh. Always checking those. Um, Twitter.com slash SSYSK podcast because 15 character limits are so 2019. <sighs> and, uh, but you can send us, you know, you can at us on Twitter or send us direct messages there. Uh-huh. Um, Instagram as well. You can send us messages. Instagram.com slash scouting stuff podcast. And finally, uh, you can leave us a review. Yes. Stitcher, iTunes. Do that. Do that. That, uh, that, that helps people find us. That is greatly appreciated. Yes. And subscribe. If you haven't already, do mm-hmm. do consider subscribing to the podcast. Um, Maybe we can get higher than Bernie Sanders again. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, would be a, that would be a thing. We've been, we've been cracking into the top 100 a bit, I think, on the U.S. charts now, too. So Ooh, that's look bad. at us go. Yeah, it's mm. not bad. But uh, at any rate, those are, those are the main ways to get in touch. Mm. And uh, as always, love to hear from you. So, yeah. You got anything else? Nope. nope. All right. I'm good. Well, thank you out there for listening. And uh, until next time, be prepared. <laughs> <laughs>